Well, hey everyone, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I've been waiting since March to say that. It feels so good to welcome Christmas. Christmas, if there was ever a time we needed you, now is the time. My name is Jeff and I'm the online campus pastor here at Sandals Church and we've got an awesome service that we're going to be part of today. That's right, you are a part of the service. You may be at home or in your dorm room or on vacation, but people make up a church, not a building, not a time slot, and not a channel. People you. We hope that you are gathered with others watching the service. Maybe you're with your community group, your family, or, or maybe you're with your Sandals Church anywhere gathering and making this experience the best it possibly can be. We love people here. That's the whole reason why we do what we do. So we would love to meet you. You can say hi in the chat. Let us know that you are here by going to sandalschurch.com next, or you can always download our Sandals Church app and be in the know at all times. We would love to connect with you. Well, right now we are going to sing and praise the Lord, not holding anything back. Let's sing. Welcome everybody. We're so glad that you're here with us. Hey, when we worship, we're not worshiping because of our circumstances or, or the level of our happiness. We're worshiping because of who our God is and because of his worthiness to be worshiped. So will you sing with us right now, wherever you are. Let praise be the weapon. Let praise be the weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be the weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We sing your name. We sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. We sing with all we are. We claim your victory. We praise you, we praise you This is the living life. 
praise God. Worthy is the Lamb. I hope you believe that today. And thank you for not holding back your praise. Every week, I want to remind you that we care about our kids and our youth. They are the next generation, and we have special programming for both. Throughout the week, we have an online youth experience on YouTube. And parents, if you have elementary kids, right now or after this service, you can help your kids check that out at kids.sandalschurch.tv. Well, we are all in the Christmas spirit around here, and Pastor Matt is with us today, and, and he's going to bring us our next message in our light series. It's all about hope, real hope in a dark world. Here's Pastor Matt. We are the Hey, Sandals Church, it's good to be back with you guys this week. Thank you so much for the break. Man, Pastor Claude did an amazing job. Today, I wanna to talk to you about finding light when life goes dark. Look, I don't know what your Christmas plans are, but I guarantee you they're not the plans you want. Every single one of us is having to adjust this year. And if we're not careful, we're gonna be more focused on what goes wrong at Christmas than what went right 2,000 years ago. You know, for over 20 years, Tammy and I, our Christmases have been the same. All of our family together, all the kids present. This is our first year with one of our kids being gone. And I'm already trying to prep my wife because, you know, I just see that it's not gonna be what it always has been. And if we're not careful, we're gonna miss out on the joy that God has for us in this very, very different Christmas season. So I don't know where you are, but I want you to know that God knows where you are and he wants to bring light into the midst of your darkness. And today as Christians, we're gonna talk about something we don't talk enough about, and it's Hanukkah. As Christians, man, so many of us, we have no idea about our Jewish brothers and sisters because they brought us the law, they brought us the prophets, they brought us half of the scripture, and our Jewish brothers and sisters have no idea about Jesus and Christmas and, and just the hope of the Messiah that we, that we have in Christ. And so I wanna to talk to you about Hanukkah, and here's why. Hanukkah is not in the Jewish scriptures. Hanukkah is in the Christian scriptures, and it's found in John chapter 10, verses 22 and 24. And it says, it was now winter. Amen, Game of Thrones people, you need to listen up. Winter is not coming anymore, it's here, and you're a sinner, so you need to listen. It was now winter, and John is using this not just in a calendar sort of way, he's using it in a spiritual sort of way. Things are turning dark. People are turning against Jesus. He was this incredibly famous person, but now he's become an incredibly controversial person. And the Jewish people who are at least the leadership who celebrated him or kind of distanced himself from them are now turning against him. And so it's winter and John wants us to know things are dark, things are scary. So in the ancient world, in winter, what it meant if you were poor and you didn't save up enough food, you were gonna die in the winter. Things were dark, cold, and ugly. So it's winter. And it says, and Jesus was in Jerusalem, the coldest place in Israel at Christmas time. And there is Jesus. And why is he there? Because he's celebrating Hanukkah. Now, if you're a Christian, you don't know much about Hanukkah. Maybe, you know, blue lights instead of, you know, your traditional Christmas lights. 
But Hanukkah is an incredible holiday. And it remembers the victory of the Maccabees over the, the Syrian army. They were, they were captured and the Syrians prevented the Jews from worshiping God. They prevented the Jews from celebrating God. Really, they made everything illegal that was Jewish. And the leader of the Syrian army, he went so far as to mock Jews as he went into the holies of holies and he sacrificed a pig on the altar and declared himself God. And the Jewish people said, this is enough. They didn't have an army, but they did have God. And they went against the Syrian army and there was this incredible, incredible victory. The Jews had no shot, but when you're on God's team, man, that's the only shot you need. And the Jews won and they walked into the temple where a pig had been sacrificed. And, and for, you know, for Jews, they don't eat pigs. Pigs are considered unclean and they had to ritually rededicate the entire temple. And so they got so excited, they wanted to light the menorah, which is in the holiest of holies, that, that candelabra that you see with seven candles on it. They wanted to light that, but they only had enough oil for one day. So they rushed themselves. And so here's what legend says. We don't know if this is true or not, but this is what legend says. As it took eight days to rededicate the temple, that oil for one day miraculously stayed lit for eight days. And that's why they celebrate it now with nine candles because you have to have one to light each day of the eight days of Hanukkah. But the word Hanukkah in Hebrew simply means to dedicate. And that's what we need to do as Christians every Christmas. We need to dedicate ourselves to the fact that Jesus Christ came to save the world. And so here's Jesus celebrating Hanukkah. Here's Jesus in the rededicated temple, right in the middle of Hanukkah. He's in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. It was the only area that was covered. There were probably warm fires there. And so here he is in the middle of winter and he begins to be surrounded. It says the people surrounded him and they asked him, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? Now I want you to think about the word here. They surrounded him. This isn't like a friendly conversation. Okay, this is like Twitter, right? It's hostile, it's nasty, it's ugly. They're setting him up. And so here they are. They're supposed to be dedicating themselves to the miracle of Hanukkah, preparing the way for the return of the Messiah. That's what Hanukkah is all about. Jews are awaiting the coming of the Messiah. And here's the Messiah in the temple on Hanukkah. And they said, how long are you gonna keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, if you are the one, tell us plainly. Tell us plainly. And so I want to talk to you today about how to find light when life goes dark. So here's Jesus in the festival of lights, and he's surrounded by darkness. And that's where many of you are going to find yourselves this holiday season. Maybe you're without a job. Maybe you're apart from family. Maybe this has been one of the toughest years ever in your life, and you find yourself surrounded with darkness. So what do we do as Christians? How do we find the light when life goes dark? Number one, I find light by listening to the words of Jesus. So they said, tell us plainly, tell us plainly if you are the son of God, how do I find light? I don't listen to the news. I don't listen to my friends. I don't listen to crazy conspiracies on the internet. Some of you need to listen to that again. I don't listen to crazy conspiracies on the internet. I listen to the words of Jesus. So if you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus replied, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. So many of you guys right now, you are asking God for an answer and he has answered you over and over and over again, but you don't believe it. 
You don't believe it. He says, the proof is in the work I do in my father's name. What is that work? He literally brings sight to the blind. He heals the ears of the deaf. He brings healing to the crippled. He raises dead people back to life. I don't know if you know this, but that is extraordinary things. And Jesus says, don't just believe my words, but believe what I've done. But he says this, but you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. You see, Jesus is a shepherd and Jesus speaks to his sheep and his sheep hear his voice. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. He says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. When's the last time you heard your shepherd's voice? When's the last time you, you had a, a word from God? Turn off the news and turn your ear back to the good news. Tammy and I, last week we went to a yoga class and I don't know if you've ever been to a yoga class, but they're just strange things. They are odd things. And we went to a yoga class where they intentionally heat the room. So it's like blazing hot when you go in the room and you're like, why'd you go there? Because I love my wife. And so I went with my wife and we went together. And the class literally starts, it's all quiet. You know, people are like, oh, oh, I'm doing whatever they're doing. I'm just trying not to pass gas. That's my biggest fear. And so they put us down in the first position, the first position, and my hip goes crack. Like, and I thought, ooh, I don't think anybody heard that. And then I hear the instructor. It's, it's not unusual to hear popping and cracking if it's been a while. And I'm like, oh, dear God. And so I'm in this awkward class and it's just hard and difficult. And old people give me an amen, even though I can't hear you. One of the ways you know you're getting older is when you used to be able to do things, but now you can't. And there were a couple of positions like years ago in my 30s, I'd be like, oh yeah, and I would just do this stuff, no problem. And they were like, go into this position. I literally would go, nope. Like, I mean, my body was like in protest, not happening, not doing that. I mean, I was gonna like throw out a shoulder, you know what I'm saying? And so I was all kinds of discouraged. And then at the end of the class, I'm lying there in darkness and I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm growing old, I should just die. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, I heard my shepherd's voice. Not the yoga instructor, don't panic and start a blog. I heard the shepherd's voice. And the shepherd just said, I love you. I love you. I know you're not the same old Matt Brown. You're no longer an iron man. You're a soft man. You're a gentle man. You're an old man, but I love you. And I felt the love of God pour over me in the midst of this dark room. In the midst of this dark room, I felt God and my eyes just welled up with tears, not tears of sorrow, but tears of joy. And I couldn't wait to tell Tammy what happened. I was like, man, I heard God's voice. She's like, I only heard your hip pop. That's all she heard, right? But let me just tell you something. When's the last time you heard God's voice? He says, my sheep know my voice. The rest of the world is listening to the news. That's why all the news is so dark. Christians are listening to the good news that comes from their shepherd. And he says, my sheep know my voice. And listen to what he says. He says, no one can snatch them away from me, not even 2020. 2020 can't even take you away from Jesus. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me. Think about that. Jesus is a gift to us at Christmas. You and I are a gift from the father to Jesus. Isn't that incredible? God gives us his son and then God gives his son us. Isn't that incredible? That's what Christmas is all about. 
We get Jesus because the Father sent Jesus, and Jesus gets us because the Father has chosen us. He's chosen you, he's picked you, he's called you, and he's calling you out of darkness into light. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. I don't know about you, but in 2020, I have been constantly reminded by my lack of power. I've been constantly reminded about the things that I can't do, I can't control, I can't perceive, I can't guess right. Isn't it nice to know that my future is not determined by my power or your power? Your future is not determined by your power, but it's determined by God's power. He is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. You wanna know why your life's okay? Your life's okay because your life's in God's hands. Your life is in Jesus' hands. Jesus is saying, I got you. I got you. And you know why so many people are freaking out? Because they don't got God and God doesn't got them. He doesn't. Tammy and I, we were, we were in Idaho over Thanksgiving break, land of the free. We live in California, home of the slaves, amen? That's where we live. But we're in, California, we're in Idaho and you can shop, you can go into stores, you can do a yoga class, like you can live life. Like Idaho is very different than California. And I'm not saying move there because we need some of you to stay here and help us fight, amen? But we were there and we were going through these stores and, and I, I just know, I don't even have to guess anymore which stores my wife wants to go into. I, just, I know her style. I know where we're gonna stop. I know where we're not gonna pass by. I know where we may have a birthday in the store because we're in there so long. And that's just the reality. My, my daughter's boyfriends were with us on this vacation. And one of the things I felt like it was my job to do as the elder male was to prepare them for the reality of how much their life will be sit, sitting in stores. I'm like, this is what we do. We come in and we sit, we find a place. You don't shop at all. All you do is you look for a place to sit, okay? And the really good stores are the stores that see the men who are dazed and confused and they help us find a location to sit. Those are the really good stores. And I said, this is what you're gonna do. And you just have to deal with it. It's never going to end. So let's just sit here now and mourn the loss of freedom and enjoy them while they shop. So we go in this store and I could tell we're gonna go in this store because it's got my wife's style. My wife has a very distinct style and I understand her style. And I'm like, we're gonna be in here a long time. And this store has like a lot of sayings and a lot of artwork, a lot of crafts. And so what that means is we have to look at each individual craft. We're never getting out of this store. And then we came across this giant, this giant painting. And here's what it said. It said, be still and know. And my question to you is, be still and know what? Be still and know what? The thing that broke my heart, and this is what's wrong with our country. This is what's wrong with the world. We want the wisdom of scripture, but we don't want the truth of scripture. You see, this artist painted a Bible verse, but the Bible verse doesn't stay, be still and know dot, 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 whatever you want to know. The Bible says in Psalms 46.10, be still and know, listen, that I am God. You see, the only way that you can have peace in dark times, the only way that you can have certainty in uncertain times is if you know how to be still and know that God's God. Know that God's God. I was talking with a friend of mine whose husband is a psychiatrist. 
And we were talking this week and she just told me they had a patient who came in and freaked out, lost his mind, lost his mind and no drugs could sedate him. He was just literally out of control. And do you know what was bothering him? He said, it makes no sense to me at all that we live on this rock and we're floating around this gigantic bomb called the sun and this bothers no one. He came to the realization that without God, life is infinitely scary and no drug could calm him. The only thing that can calm him is God himself. Be still and know that I am God. Yeah, you're on a little rock. Call it a spaceship, call it a space rock. And yeah, you're flying around this gigantic, scary thing called the sun, but it's all happening because I'm in charge. So be still and know that I am God. You see, the words of Jesus, the words of Jesus will calm you. Some sayings, some cute little phrases won't calm you. The words of Jesus will calm you because the words of Jesus shine light on the truth of God. One of the reasons so many of us are overwhelmed and so upset is we see the darkness of life. We see the darkness of this world. We look at the people around us and we're like, oh my gosh, there's no hope whatsoever. Tammy and I, we got an airplane. We got on the airplane and apparently the woman that I sat next to thought we were on a private jet and she didn't think that anybody should sit next to her. And the moment I sat down next to her, I kid you not, I sat down next to her and she goes, oh, oh, and she just starts losing her mind. I'm like, I'm right here. We are three inches apart. I can tell you don't like me. I cross my legs. I make sure I didn't, I didn't take room on the elbow and I'm watching her and she's on the United app trying to change seats right in front of me. And I just look at Tammy, but we couldn't talk because we had masks on. So I texted her and I said, this woman loathes me. And my wife texts me back, I know, it's so funny. I just, I'm like, all I did, all I did was sit next to you. That's it, this is our world. Our world hates everybody. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no hope for the world. There's no hope at all. This woman hates me and I've done nothing. Look, if you look at the world, you're gonna lose hope. If you look to God, you're gonna find Jesus and he'll give you hope. First John 1.5 says this, this is the message we've heard from Jesus and now declare to you. What did Jesus say? Here's the message. God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. You see, some of you, you're looking at 2020 and you're saying, how can God be good? Because you're looking at 2020. That's why we need Jesus. Because if we look at 2020, we're gonna question God's goodness. We have to look at Jesus. And Jesus says, don't look at the year. Look at God, he's good. There's nothing dark about him. He is total and absolute goodness. And that's what gives you hope. Quit looking at the news. Quit looking at the world. Quit looking at the COVID stats. You have to listen to Jesus. It's why Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. He said, you trust in God, trust also in me. And Jesus comforts us with that. Next, the words of Jesus shine light on the truth of this world. John 12, 46 says this, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world. Some of you for the first time in your life are realizing how dark the world is. You see, one of the things that the modern world has done is we've created artificial light. And so it gives us this false safety, this false sense of security that we're always in control. And here's the truth, what 2020 has reminded all of us, we're not in control and the world is dark. He said, I have come 
as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Jesus came to wake you up. And for so many of you, for your whole life, Christmas has been about Santa. Christmas has been about family. Christmas has been about friends. And you don't understand, Christmas is about light. It's about light. Wise men from the East saw a star, they saw a light. And they left their world, they left their family, they left their friends, and they journeyed because they saw light in a dark place. Hanukkah, it's the festival of lights. The festival of lights. And for eight days and eight nights, they light a candle. Until the last night, they light a candle, hoping for the Messiah to come. And how sad is it that he's already been here? He's already come. And they missed the light. They missed him. And I want you to know that not all Jews have missed the light. I can't tell you how many times now that Sandals Church has gone global, I get direct messages from Jewish people in the Holy Land that are literally direct messaging me and say, I wanna be a follower of Yeshua. I wanna give my life to the Messiah. I want to be a Christian. How do I do that? God is moving even in the hearts of his people. God is moving even in the midst of 2020. And as many of us, we've lost so many of our freedoms in 2020. The church has expanded its reach and God is doing incredible things and he's reaching people all over the place. One of the things that I was the most concerned about was we were launching a new campus. Think about this, in the midst of 2020, when one in every five churches in America will close its doors. Think about that. One in every five churches in America will close its doors this next year. They're not gonna make it. And God gave us an opportunity. God gave us an opportunity to start a campus in Anaheim, Southern California. I've been praying for five years, for five years, Lord, I want to start a campus in Orange County. I wanna do that. But here's the thing, for those of you who live all around the world, Orange County is an expensive place. It's completely built out. There's no land hardly anywhere. And so it's very, very expensive. And here's what I said, God, I said, I want a campus and I want it for free. I want it for free. And you know why I asked for that? Because I know who God is and I know what God can do. And so God gave us a campus, an incredible campus. It's gonna be one of our nicest campuses. And he gave it to us for free but it's an old campus and it's a dated campus. And so we did this thing called Giving Tuesday where we, we tried to raise $250,000 and I was like, oh Lord, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I was so blown away at so many of you. You tithe to the church, you support missionaries, and then there's an opportunity to give over and above when many of you have lost so much of your wealth, so much of your finances in the middle of 2020. And not only did we make our goal, but we exceeded our goal. We went almost to $300,000 and then we had a donor in Georgia that matched up to $200,000. On Giving Tuesday, man, almost a half a million dollars. And do you know why that is? Because God is good and he is not afraid of our darkness. And the kingdom of God is going forward. And we gotta take our eyes off the news and we gotta put our eyes back on Jesus. And this is why the church must grow. This is why we must continue to plant because Jesus shines light on false light on false light. The Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So many of you, man, you hear those stories when people die, oh, it's beautiful and I walked into the light. Let me tell you something. When you see the light, don't go towards it. You wanna see Jesus. 
You wanna see Jesus or nothing. Don't go, go, go towards the light, go towards Jesus. You see the greatest evil? It's never darkness. It's always false light. It's always false light. And people, some of you, you, you've gotten just convinced that the only way to save America is through politics. I want you to know that's false light. The only way to save America is through Jesus. Some of you, you've, you've bought into false light and people say this all the time. People literally, when they text me, when they call me, when they email me, they end it with this, stay safe. That's false light. There's no such thing as safe. There's no such thing as safe. I can tell you as your pastor, we have thousands and thousands of people that go to this church. I've seen people die everywhere. I buried a guy who died eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. There's no safe. There's no safe. There's only God. And we put our lives in him. We put our souls with him. We trust in him. And we don't settle for false light. We settle for the real thing. Jesus is the light. Next, I find light when life goes dark. I find light by believing Jesus. Now, I don't want you to skip over this too fast. I thought a lot about this. And I think the reason so many of us are struggling right now with anxiety, with worry. Some of us are, are just overwhelmed with fear. Here's why you believe in God, but you don't believe God. What do I mean by that? I mean, you believe in the concept of God. Yeah, yeah, there's a God. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. And you believe in God, but it has no say whatsoever on your day-to-day -day life. You believe in God, but you don't believe God. You don't believe God. Tammy and I were flying back from Idaho to Southern California and, we, and a storm came in and I just started to laugh. It was beautiful weather up there and, and the day we're gonna fly, man, it's like a blizzard. I'm like, of course, of course. And so we get on that airplane and we begin to take off. And of course, you know, the plane is shaking all over the place. The plane is shaking all over the place. You see, here's the reality. Just like you, your pastor believes in God. Sometimes I struggle believing God. And so I just began to remind myself over and over again, be still and know that I am God. But the plane's not still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. And then I said this prayer. I reached over and I held Tammy's hand and I said, Lord, I do not put my trust in man-made things. You know why? I met some men. I know some of you who work on those Boeing aircraft and I'm praying for you. You need to do a better job. Lord, I do not put my trust in man-made things. I put my trust in you. Put an angel on each wing and get me home. And he did. He did. Be still and know that I am God. Every time you stop in the middle of your day and you're overwhelmed with anxiety, that's an opportunity to pray. Every time. Every time you're overwhelmed with fear, that's an opportunity to stop and to pray. You see, so many of us, we believe in God, but we don't believe God. God says, I got you. Jesus said, no one can snatch you out of my hands. No one, because the Father has placed you in my hands. God's got this and he's got you. We don't just need to believe in God, we need to believe God. Jesus says this in John 10, 30 and 39. 
He says, the Father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. Man, oftentimes, that's our response to the truth. Have you ever had a friend or a family member speak truth to you and it's not what you wanted to hear? Your first response is an offense. Your first response is to retaliate. Your first response is to strike back. Your first response is to lash out. Jesus says the Father and I are one. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm God. You wanna know who the Messiah is? He said, he's standing right in front of you. Jesus said, at my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you gonna stone me? Here it is, Hanukkah. They're at the temple, rededicating the temple, proclaiming it ready for the coming of God, for the coming of the Messiah. And God himself is standing in the temple. And what is their response? We're gonna kill you. They replied, we're not stoning you for any good work, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. If you ever wanna make a mistake, debate scripture with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus replied, it is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are God's. And now you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called God's, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. I just wanna stop there. Isn't that amazing that the scripture calls people of God, gods? You know what that means? You have no idea who you are, and many of you have no idea who Jesus is. You are God's child, God's son, God's daughter. You're a child of God. And Jesus says, if the scriptures call you guys gods, why can't I call myself God when I am God? But they don't know what to do with that. They don't know what to say to that. And so Jesus says, don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. Let me stop here. And I don't know if this is prophetic or if this is just for one person, but I know so many of you have been hurt by somebody who said one thing and did another this year. Stop looking at what people say and start watching what they do. You want 2021 to be better than 2020? When somebody shows you who they are, listen to me, believe them, believe them. Many of us, we overestimate people's goodness and we underestimate their evil. He says, don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. Jesus says, look at my life. Look at my life. Jesus was an open book. Everywhere he went, he went with someone. He was always out in the public. He was always with the people. He didn't live in a mansion. He lived in the hills. He didn't own a home. He borrowed rooms. That's who Jesus was. He says, look at me. Don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. Jesus is saying, you see the work of God that I do. He says, but if I do his work, listen to this, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done even if you don't believe me, even if you don't believe me. He says, look at what's happening. The hungry are fed, the blind see, the deaf hear. 
the dead are raised. And the good news is being preached. And the light is coming in the midst of darkness. And then he says this, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. You see, Jesus is saying, you can have all the light of Hanukkah, but if you miss me, you're still in darkness regardless of the number of candles you light. So many of us, we decorate our Christmas trees. We add lights and decorations. We put up lights on our house. We put lights on our shrubbery and, and on our plants around our house. And none of that's any good at Christmas unless you have the light of Christ inside you. And what's their response to this? Once again, they tried to arrest him. And I want you to look at this and pray about this. But he got away and he left them. Some Jews will celebrate Hanukkah and they'll let the Messiah get away. But do you know many of you who call yourself Christians, you will celebrate Christmas, but you'll let Jesus get away. You'll let him get away. Jesus Christ came to bring light into your dark life and into your dark world. And 2020 has proven the world is still dark. John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more, once more. And I pray that his words would touch your heart and awaken your soul. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That's why we need to share Jesus with our friends, with our neighbors, with our coworkers and with our family. We don't need to argue with them. We don't need to belittle them. We don't need to put them down. We just need to share that Jesus is the light of the world, the light of the world. And he changed my life and he can change your life. I'm wearing a ring that I haven't worn in over 20 years today. It's my college ring. I graduated with a degree in political science. I thought I was going to change the world through law and through politics, but I ran into Jesus who changed my life. And on this ring, I remember when the day I ordered it, you can choose a symbol and I chose two symbols. One is a dove and the other is scripture. And you can't see it, you just gotta trust me. That's what it is. And I realized that the only way that I could bring light to the world was by telling people about Jesus. And I've been doing that for over 25 years. It's been the greatest joy of my life. And I want you to know, if you wanna have a little light, share light. Share light with your friends, with your family. Share light with your coworkers. Share light with people who are discouraged and afraid. Do you know why they're afraid? They're in the dark. But Jesus said, if you follow me, you don't have to walk in darkness anymore because you will have the light that leads to life. Ephesians 1.18 says this. The apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. Man, that's my prayer for you. As the year comes to an end, as we approach Christmas, 
as we approach New Year's, I pray that your heart will be flooded with light. Why? So that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, man, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And God loves you. God sent his son to die for you. And I just want you to think about this week as we approach Christmas, as we approach the holidays, as all of our lives feel so rushed and we focus on anything and everything but Jesus, I just want you to know that hope is found in him. I want you to know, for those of you who don't know him, that hope can be found in him. And I just wanna close in asking God for a prayer, that God would shine light on your home, on your life, and on your family. Because what we need is not safety from COVID. What we need is the light of Christ. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. I pray that right now you would anoint every listener with your light. God, I pray that you would pierce the darkness no matter how dark, no matter how far they feel from you. Lord, I pray that your darkness would, your, your light would pierce their darkness and you would overwhelm them with love and peace and hope. Because Lord Jesus, you've got us and you've got this. And we're not just going to believe in you, but we're going to believe you. Give us your peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. I am so glad I know the voice of God and have seen the light of Jesus. Pastor Matt said that those who know him know his voice, that we who are followers of Jesus have seen the light. Here is my question to you. What better way to show the light of Jesus than to share it with others? This Thursday, we're hosting Christmas Eve services at all of our locations and right here online as well. And Christmas Eve is the perfect time to invite people who may not normally go to church to check out our services. You can get everything you need to watch and invite others to join you right at sanoschurch.com slash Christmas. You know, sometimes bringing the light of Jesus to others means meeting them right where they are and making sure they have what they need. Last weekend, we got a call from a doctor from our Sandals Church family about the crisis his hospital is facing right now as COVID surges near many of our local campuses. Here's a part of that call right now. It is very severe and at our hospital alone right here, the COVID uh, uh, patients have increased 6% every single day. And we are running out of our ICU uh, here uh, at Riverside Community Hospital. Uh, the problem, so of lack of nurses, and then on top of that is the nurses that are working uh, are uh, uh, just emotionally exhausted. They don't have enough time to eat. Uh, uh, they have to eat on the run. Uh, there's not a good place for them to eat because inside now, uh, you know, hospital can't have too many nurses congregate uh, to eat. Uh, and they, they can't go to the cafeteria uh, because it takes time. Uh, they have to uh, care for their patients right here and right now. You know, after we received that call from Dr. Doan, we immediately put Project Light into motion. 
an effort to mobilize the people of Sandals Church to sign up for nursing shifts, volunteer in the hospital, and buy meals for our nurses and healthcare workers. All of this was able to happen, and this doctor, Dr. Doan, knew he could reach out to Sandals Church for help because of you who give. To those of you who immediately stepped up to help this effort, thank you. And to those of you who have been given faithfully, giving to Sandals Church throughout this year, thank you. You made this happen. If you want to give today, or if you're starting to think through some of your options for year-end giving, you can give anytime by going to give.sc or by using the Sandals Church app. We are going to sing again. And as we sing, I want you to listen to the words and let them sink in and allow the Holy Spirit to make this moment about nothing else but the Lord. Jesus, we believe in you. We believe that you are loved a pure light. We believe that you are our hope and our salvation, and we love you. We love you. We love you. Jesus, we love you. I'm caught up in presence.
raise you. Yes, we do. We praise you, Lord. Sandals Church, no matter what darkness tries to creep in this week, remember you have seen the light and you know the light. Thank you for being here with us today. And we can't wait to celebrate the true reason for this season. We hope you will invite a friend and meet us back here this Christmas Eve for an amazing and powerful Christmas Eve service. I'm telling you, trust me, I'm telling you, you are not going to want to miss it. We'll see you at our Christmas Eve service.